The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you so much for being with us on yet another program, Afternoons with Mike, heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. It is a real privilege to welcome David Outing back with me today. David is with Corporate Care Partners and he is a CEO, but I've got to pause for just a second. That means something a little bit different with David. He is the chief executive officer, but he considers himself the chief encouragement officer. I don't think I've ever heard a CEO uh, take that moniker the way you have done it, and it is awesome to have him here. He's been on my program two other times, one in the middle of something that we'll be talking about today, and that was the COVID pandemic. In fact, we had to do a, a little bit of a, a separate room interview, even though uh, we were in the same studio, as we were maintaining this uh, distance and trying to be good, uh, let's let's just say uh, good um citizens for what people were asking of us to do. Uh, but that is over. And we're in the same studio today. David, welcome back. It's a pleasure and honor to be back with you. You know, when you were here that first time, uh, that was right on the heels of you speaking at my church. And I'm not sure exactly how all of that originated, but I was so glad to meet you that day. And we had been back in Orlando for a short season, uh, maybe a year, and you were there. And uh, I I was taken by your passion for the Lord mm. and just uh, your background. And I know we have listeners that weren't with us back then. I thought it would really be good if you could walk us back your story and tell us how it was that you came to know Jesus and what kind of maybe family setting you grew up in. Well, I'm a PK. Um, I, I am a pastor, but I grew up in a pastor's home and a mother who was a very passionate lover of Jesus, um, who often called us together for family devotion, even during the summertime, even when it was time for us to be out there playing, she would call us in and sit us down and tell us the story of Jesus and go someplace in the scripture, whether it's Psalms or in the gospels, wherever the Lord led her, um, we would have to sit down and listen to her. And, um, and, and if we were playing, she said, invite your friends, they can come too. Right. And so, uh, even our friends could, could come in and sit down and listen, but that's the foundation, uh, of the home that we grew up in me and my three brothers and my, our one sister. You know, I like that imagery you've just given us there. If you had friends over, they're welcome to hear the word. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a, a metaphor, <laughs> isn't it? For the way I believe all of us are supposed to be. We're supposed to be sharers of the, uh, the gospel of Jesus, the Amen. good news. Amen. And uh, I, that can happen in the simplest of times. Absolutely. And for us, it was during family devotion, but you know, uh, it was at age 11 that I fully recognized that Jesus was my Lord and Savior. Now, um, uh, mom said I made that commitment, you know, early on um, at, at an earlier age, but I can't, couldn't remember mm -hmm. um, as early as I can remember where I had a strong passion for Jesus was at age 11. And I literally became a student of scripture at age 11, used to read for hours and study the scripture. And if I had a question, I would ask my, my theologian dad, dad, what about this? And he would point me to a book or give me an answer. And I would go and get one of his books and read, and, you know, I'm a young fellow. Yeah. And, um, age 11, you yeah. know, and then at age 12 or in the seventh grade, um, a friend of mine, one of my best friends growing up, we started an actual Bible study. Um, for our peers every Wednesday, since that was the early day after school. And uh, we would meet at one of our houses and we would just go through the scriptures. You're uh, serious about all this, man. I mean, oh, at age 12, you were oh, going yeah. for it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we wasn't playing around, man. It was, it was, 
it was Jesus, 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 you wow. know, as at that age. And for me and my peers, and it, it grew to about, I would say 50 or more kids would come each Wednesday at somebody's house Get out and of we here. would be sitting everywhere. You could find a seat, you know, living room, dining room, standing up, you know, kids just coming together and we would pray and we would go through the scriptures and we would talk through the word of God. Now, what year would this have been? This would have been 1977, 78. Um, yeah. And then, you know, as the years, we, we, we kept that going for a few years. So it was around about that time that we began. You know, that would be on the heels, almost maybe past the real revival that happened in the country with in the late 60s, mm. the Jesus movement. That's, there have been oh a couple yes. of movies about that. Yep. But I think, I mean, to kind of pick that experience up, if you could, and kind of carry that into 2023, I would wonder how many youth-led uh, Bible studies are going on in, a, in the world today, like what you had in the late 70s. And I'm betting... Not as many. Uh, I haven't heard of any. Um, we're, it's a different time, a different culture. I personally believe that the, the culture and season that we live in is reflective of what the Apostle Paul said that, um, you know, prior to the return of the Lord, there would be a great falling away. Right. And mm-hmm. so a great distancing from the things of God. And um, and when you look around. Uh, locally, yeah. regionally, nationally, and globally, it seems as though the world and the, the culture at large is moving further and further and further away from um, Christian principles, right? That we were governed by, you know, from 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 the times that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So um, we we it is an opportunity for evangelism, and it is an opportunity for the church. Um, and I think the church's best days are, are still in front of us. I agree. You know, cause it's yeah. an opportunity for us. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. Y'all yeah. ain't gonna have to worry about yeah. that. I, I got the church, right? The gates of hell won't prevail against it. And so the church of Jesus Christ, historically, as we read in the book of Acts, Acts when there is persecution, the church grows, the church gets stronger, the church gets better. So in a, a midst of the persecution that we are experiencing globally, nationally, regionally, locally, it is an opportunity for the church to really realize who we are yeah. and whose we are yeah. and just use the power that God has given us. I think your story is so inspiring because of the fact that it spread. It spread from your own heart, your own experience. You were mm-hmm. 11 years old. You have this encounter and you grew up again in a church home, but there are many, many PKs, pastors, kids that that never happens to when they're that age. They, in fact, many would say they felt abandoned by their dad and grew up not liking the church or Mm. certainly not loving the Lord. Mm. Uh, But for you, it was, it was not that way. You came to the Lord, you had passion and this, grew to the point now you're reading and then you bring your friend in it and then all of a sudden you get the idea to start a Wednesday club Mm -hmm. and up to 60, 50, 60 kids come to that. That's just so inspiring, man. And, And to realize that a lot of these kids were hearing that they didn't realize everything that was going on. They didn't realize that this was the spirit of God first warming your heart, Mm. then reaching out through you to them. Absolutely. And that was, it seemed so normal for us then. It didn't seem like we were an anomaly or something, um, you know, uh, you know, out of this world, you know, it just seemed so normal, uh, to just be a, a herald and a representative and an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And, um, and, and then it, you know, my siblings, the same, I got three brothers, and a sister, all of all of us, all four of us are pastors, and our 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 only sister, she is. I guess she could be like a pastor, but she's the principal of a middle school in Atlanta, and a, a great psalmist herself. And so, that's the household and the siblings that that uh, I grew up with. That when we get together, um, and our 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 children and nieces and nephews, they'll tell you, man, when Gen Three, that's Generation Three. 
you know, from my grandfather. They said, man, when they get together, they just go, man, you're going to, you're going to have a Bible lesson. You yeah. know, when, when me and my brothers, get there's going to be something break out there. Oh man. yeah. We're we going to have a time and we have fun just yeah. talking through the scriptures. Yeah. That's our family. And uh, we're not perfect. I raised six kids and you know, um, you know, I, my children have had some challenges in their life that really uh, took me for a loop, you know, where, you know, I felt like all of my children were going to follow uh, my, my life steps and how I did it. And, you know, there are a few that just did the very opposite. And I had to make adjustments in my own heart mm-hmm. uh, as it relates to my own children. I actually was feeling like a failure at one time as a parent. I think every parent you has know, gone through that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you but the thing that got me through it, uh, Mike, was when God, the spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, if you are a failure, then so am I. And God mm. took me back to the Exodus where he, sh- he showed the children of Israel who he was. He let them hear his audible voice. Yeah. They saw miracles that we yeah. would dream of seeing, right? They saw all of those things. And at the end of the day, they still chose an idol God over the true and living yeah. God. Yeah. Moses goes up the mountain and there they are down there building an idol. He's a God's kids, right? Yeah. And so the Lord was sharing with me. He said, if the choices of your children determine how good of a parent you are, then I'm just as big of a failure as you are. Because it's not in your parenting, even though you should parent well, train them up in the way that they should go, not the way that they will go. The way that they will go is their choice. We have to train them up how they should be. And mm-hmm. then they have to make the decision to, as to what direction they're going to go. And the Lord was just sharing with me, if you've trained them up, if you've loved their mother well in front of them, if you've been faithful to me, faithful in your marriage, faithful to them as a father, you've done your job. Now remove, move out the way and let me have them. Mm. Right. And so would, would that be what you would say is what drew you out of that feeling of self-condemnation and feeling like a failure? Is absolutely. That, mm-hmm. I was in a dark place. Actually, my, I almost had a nervous breakdown. And what you may not know about my full story is when I was pastoring, I actually um, got out of ministry. I, I shut our church down. I told our, our members, hey, you, you need to find another place to worship. I can't lead you well at this time. I'm I'm not well in my heart and my mind. Um, my family is not in the in the place that I feel like they need to be. And so I just felt like I was not the kind of pastor that folks needed at that time. So we shut the church down and I found a church home. Uh, my wife and I on the east side and I didn't want nobody to know who we were and and what our gifts were. I just wanted to show up in church because I still believed in the local church. I still believe that you should be a part of a church family. I taught people that. And so if I taught it, I had to live it, even if I wasn't the pastor anymore. Mm -hmm. And we found the church, Vista Church on the east side. And um, boy, what a wonderful uh, ministry that was. And they embraced us. And after a while, though, they found out who I was and, and, uh, (laughs) and what, what gifts we had. And so after a while, we actually started ministering there. And then eventually we replanted a ch- another church. And then we, um, to this day, we merged our church with the church that we are currently a part of, which is the Kingdom Church mm-hmm. here in Orlando. Um, you know, so- I think so many uh, parents have kids that have gone wayward and it yes. might be like the prodigals out there. And those parents, when I, I just had the sense when you were telling the story, David, that there were ears that perked up because that mm. is their experience yes. as well. And the heartache, it's really hard to describe. I've got dear friends whose kids have abandoned mm. everything, really. Some of them, everything. It breaks your heart. It, it's heartbreaking. Yes. It's it's <clears throat> terrible to see it in, in friends. I can only imagine what it was like for you and, and in that moment. But I'm so grateful that the Lord... He's so merciful and gentle and loving and forgiving. Yeah. And boy, he shows up and things change. huh? Well, what God really revealed in that time was my own uh, deficiency. And he revealed the level of pride that I had that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And pride is the worst of sins because you can have it, not even know it. Because I made their failures about me. How are you going to make me look bad? I'm the pastor. Yeah. I Instead of being their father, I was being their pastor. And what my children needed in their own brokenness was a dad, 
Um, and I wasn't being that dad yeah. and I had to repent to them and I repented to my children and, and, um, and, and did the work of just allowing God to bring healing to my own heart. Uh, and when that happened, we just continued to pray for our children. And, um, and I can give you a great testimony that one of my sons that really, really took us through, he now is uh, married and giving us uh, four grandchildren and, um, he's faithful at the church and Wonderful. loves Jesus, what a, a great... football coach and oh. all those things. And, and then, um, and there's other good stories too, that comes with, with that. And we still have some children that are still living. Um, I, I like to say they're, 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 uh, they're finding their testimonies. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're the gathering their testimonies. <laughs> right. And so they, they haven't, yeah. we haven't seen evidence of them coming to faith, but we continue to pray for them. That's wonderful. How many kids? It's a bunch. Six, four Six sons, kids. two daughters. Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, the, again, hats off to you because uh, you're a transparency. And I'm really glad I asked the question mm. because I don't think we talked about that uh, aspect of your story to this degree oh. in any of our previous times together. So this is so helpful. And, mm. you know, I um, one of my dear friends, Danny Jones, has said for many years when as a pastor, he said people would sit up and take notice when I confess my own shortcomings, mm-hmm. my own failures. He said that I, people listen differently when you're confessing something and you're bringing other people in on what is going on at those levels with honesty and transparency. Yeah. It, it's a life-changing impact on people's lives. And I believe you're doing that today, David. I totally agree. Um, because uh, a lot of times people think us pastors got it together, that we're perfect. We never proclaim we are, at least no, I that's never right. did. Um, but I think just that the title uh, comes with that. People tend to uh, confer that upon us. But, you know, um, we're broken. We're, we're in need yeah. of the same Christ that we preach about. We're in need of doing, um, following the very instructions that we preach about and teach about we have to live it because if we're preaching and teaching it, it doesn't mean we have mastered it. It just means that we understand it from scripture and we know how to convey those truths right in a pulpit or in a public setting. But at the end of the day, if I tell you, Hey, you got to love your wife as Christ loved the church, that scripture. Guess what? When I, when I go home, I got to love my wife as Christ loved the church. God, I have to do the very thing that I've taught others to do. And that's one of the things that uh, really came to mind during this time. Say, you've preached and taught and helped many people through some hard situations. Now, when are you going to follow your own advice? Oh, boy, following your own advice. <laughs> There's something marvelous about that. It shouldn't be that complex. But for some people, it appears to be. <laughs> It's just like, what happened? You know better than this. Follow what you know. Practice your own preaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, you know, some of the, some of the best caregivers aren't the best uh, caretakers of themselves. Oh, that's well said. And I'm talking today, we're up against a break here. We're going to come back in a moment with David Outing. He is a caregiver and we'll explain exactly how his company he does that not only as as a role of a pastor, but in the business world as well. And I can't wait for you to hear all about that. David Outing is my guest. I'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, And yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. 
My friend David Outing is with us today. He has been up here before, the first time, as we mentioned in segment one, back uh, during the COVID era. Man, am I ever glad that era is over. I never want to go back to that, David. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's also been up another time here. And today, visit number three, I believe it is. David is the chief encouragement officer, the CEO of a company called Corporate Care Partners that he founded. And their byline is We Care For You. And so that's happening right in Central Florida. They are based out of Ocoee area. And they have uh, groups and uh, they minister really to businesses all throughout Central Florida. Mm -hmm. So, David, uh, you're bringing years of pastoral ministry and experience. And that goes along with the knowledge and wisdom that you have as well from the word of God. And you're putting it out there inside businesses. Hmm. And then we know that there are chaplaincy uh, groups. There are other groups as well that we've talked uh, to and about in the past. Yours is corporate care partners. How did the idea for you doing this and starting this company come about? Wow. It's a great question. Um, It was... Uh, around, right around two, 2013, I was driving down the 408 coming from the east side. And by the time I got to downtown and as I was looking at the, the buildings, those tall buildings, um, that's when the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart to, to provide um, spiritual care in the marketplace uh, through corporate chaplaincy. And when that thought came to mind, I couldn't wait to get to the office of the organization that I was working for at the time, which was another Christian nonprofit called jobs partnership. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was on staff there. And so when I got to my office, I began to research, uh, corporate chaplaincy. And of course it took me to two of the, the larger companies like marketplace chaplains and corporate chaplains of America, right. their marketplace, Gil Strickland, he, they're the progenitor of what we do. I think all other corporate chaplaincy companies are actually standing on their shoulders. And those are great companies to this day that are more national. They're, they're, they're all over the place. And so, but I did find a few other smaller businesses uh, that were doing the same. And I connected with one of them um, out of uh, Oklahoma, a gentleman by the name of Bo. And um, he, uh, he told me, he said, listen, I'm going to, I want you to go to my website I'm going to give you my username and password to one of my pages. And when you open it up, everything you need to start your company is right there. Really? And I was just blown away. That's care right there. Oh my goodness. So God was saying, Hey, I gave you the idea. Now I'm giving you the tools. And then I gave, um, um, the organization Josh partnership who I was working for a two and a half month notice. I wanted to give them plenty of time to find a replacement for me. On June 30th was my last day, 2014. And so July 1st, 2014, I was full time as a, a workplace chaplain, but I had no companies. So um, the organization. Yeah, it, sounds, I, it sounds big to say you're the CEO of a brand new company, <laughs> but you didn't have any business yeah, yet. <laughs> but God changed that because the organization I was working for, Jobs Partnership, said, well, we want we want to be your first client. So to this day, I am the corporate chaplain for the same organization that I left to start the business. Brother, that is quite a testimony um, all by itself. All by itself. And then one of the board members, uh, which was at the time, Chris Dinbestin, he was the CEO of Vermeer Southeast um, at the time. He said, well, we want to be your first client. And we have an office in uh, in our building where you can um, uh, office there, you know, with your company. And then we will provide that, that, um, in-kind service for you. So to this day, my, my office is on the campus of Vermeer Southeast. Um, and they're one of our clients and they have multiple locations in Florida, Georgia, Alabama. And, um, and we serve a few of them, including the Atlanta area. What and kind so, of company is that? Um, they deal with, uh, tree chip chipping equipment, you know, with those tree, tree, chip, mm-hmm. tree chippers and underground boring. They're in the construction as well as in the, um, the landscaping, I, I guess, business, uh, as well. And, um, they are one of the premier, um, organizations or businesses that provide those types of uh, equipment, um, for people who do, um, uh, what is it? Tree, what 
tree stumping, mm-hmm. the grinding uh, of grind, stumps, grinding. Yeah. I'm sorry, grinders. Yeah, grinders. As well as uh-huh. underground bores and then um, yeah, uh, those those tree chippers that turn stuff into mulch, that kind of thing. Have you uh, ever seen a big auger that they use to do that? Uh, boring under roads to put in l- pipes and yes. lines. It's amazing it's to watch amazing that. It's amazing to see those equipment, and uh, <laughs> wow. and we we have the privilege of of serving uh, serving them, and so yeah. um, they're they're just one of um, there's close to twenty companies that we serve in in Central Florida and the Georgia area. When I was in Gainesville, we had to bore under. 39th Avenue. Now all of our Gainesville peeps up there (laughs) will know exactly the road that I'm talking about. And the county was asking us in building the property that we built to put a dry sewer line down the entire uh, kind of from the building all the way to the road. But then the only way to tie it in was to tie it into the sewer line, which happened to be on the other side of 39th Avenue. (laughs) So we had to bore underneath that. And I'll never forget that day. That was amazing. Amazing equipment yeah. that does that. And so, it's, yeah. um, but we have, um, you know, a number of other companies. We have a restaurant that we serve, uh, um, Grills Lakeside there on 440. Oh, I love that place. Yeah, Grills. Well, we, they have chaplains in our company. Oh, serves that's great. Them. So go check them out. They got great yeah. food and everything. Yeah. Um, we have a law firm. We got engineering firms. Um, we have... Um, um, flooring company, um, automotive. Um, it's, it's, it's an array of different companies that we serve. And, um, you can find out all the companies that we serve basically on our website, um, corporatecarepartners.com, um, and see all the clients that we serve. But, um, yeah, and we have a great team, my dream team of chaplains, uh, that is part of, uh, our team. Um, they will take good care of you, Yeah, you, you know, if you're looking looking to provide inspirational wellness and soul care for your folks, uh, call us up. Uh, up until four years ago, David, I'd never heard of this kind of uh, industry being in. It was it was something I had to get my brain around because I, I'd been in ministry for 36 years as a full time pastor, and so one of the contacts that I'd not made would be hanging around a business that was using uh, a company like yours, which is Corporate Care Partners. Uh, for their employees. Yes. And I'm thinking, well, now how does that work? And so uh, for those people who are listening that might be in the same place that I was four years ago, and they're saying, how is it that you're able to serve a company that does underground boring and lawyers, firms? And how is it that you're able to go in and be a chaplain in a secular company? How do you answer that? Well, the the way I answer that is this. I said, when people want to reference separation of church and state, first of all, I said, well, let's talk about who the state is. State is government. Well, at every levels of government, they have chaplains. There's chaplains in the Senate, chaplains at the in Congress, chaplains uh, for the uh, law enforcement, chaplains uh, in the armed forces. Yeah, so, that's right. Even <laughs> schools, football teams. Football teams. So yeah. chaplains are trained to care for people of all faiths or those who have no faith at all. We just there to love up on people right where they are. We don't proselytize. We do, it's, we, we're the no judgment zone. We don't judge you. Whatever your lifestyle is, whatever your um, life choices are, whatever your orientation is, whatever your religious background, when you're in that workplace, right, we take care of you while you take care of business there. That's our mm-hmm. tagline. And so that's the way I answer that. Um, and so when, 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 when people are concerned, uh, that's, that's how we answer them and let them know that it's not a separation that the freedom of religion in the workplace act, uh, signed under president, uh, I think it was Clinton and then, um, supported over the years since then allows for workplace chaplaincy, right? We Thank God it does. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. It's not forced. You're not forced to have a conversation but life is going to happen. Imagine, Mike, if, um, and th- th- these are actually scenes that I've gone on where an actual leader of the company committed, uh, uh, ended his life by suicide, and they had me come in to do uh, a critical incidents stress debriefing for the entire company. Or how uh, another incident was that one employee lost their life during a storm. 
and um, mm. through a tragic yeah. means. Yeah. And they had me come in and do the same. So life is going to happen. Yeah. And when it does, who do you call? That's right? him. Yeah. What are you going to do? And people who don't know the Lord, David, I'm, I'm always amazed at this. People, they still go through difficult times. They Absolutely. go through those seasons of storms and tragedies. Mm-hmm. But if they have no uh, concept of God or Christ or the help of the Holy Spirit, they don't know to call on Jesus. Yeah. What do they do? They don't have hope. Mm. And that's what you're providing. They, they'll call on us and we provide what we call a ministry of presence of God's presence. And then we are ministry of availability, a ministry of caring, right? Um, we use the book of Esther model, right? The book of Esther is the only book in scripture where the name of God is not even mentioned. Not once, but yeah. the spirit of God is all over the story. Yeah. So we don't have to come in talking about God, talking about Jesus. We just have to show up and then let him show out, right? Let him live in us and through us, through our love and our care for them. And yeah. if they open up the opportunity, and I'll give you this one example. There was it. an atheist uh, whose wife was one of the employees of one of the companies that we serve. And she was um, in a, a health crisis in the hospital. And when our chaplain went and made a hospital visit to visit you know, with her and the husband saw how the company cared for her by hiring a chaplain. Long story short, Mike, this atheist who didn't believe in God actually committed his life to Christ as a result of the chaplain just showing love and care on behalf of the company that hired us to his wife, the employee of the company. And so we provide care for not only employees, but the immediate family members as well. And God will create opportunities for the gospel to be shared without us even trying to say anything or open up that door or ask them, Hey, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? That's not for us to do. We're just there to love up on you. Talk about basketball, football, talk about soccer, talk about your loved ones, talk about whatever you want to talk about. And when God right wants to open up a door of opportunity for us to share, it will happen in an organic way. That's so beautiful. You know, the phrase that you gave us a moment ago, I'm going to go back to it. You show up so that God can show out. I believe that's exactly what you said. That's it. And that's got to be the name of a new evangelism series that you put together, David. (laughs) That is amazing. And that's really the essence of the power of God at work in us. Uh, He calls us just to be witnesses, but the, the light of the gospel is going to shine out of our efforts. Yes. And we can trust God with that. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, one of our, one of our chaplains, um, she just reported back to me that one of the employees of, of one of the companies she served, um, committed his life to Christ. And so now, um, just taking him through some coaching and some discipleship is, uh, is kind of a next phase for him. So God finds ways yeah. to reach people. Cause I'm going to tell you what's going on in our culture today people aren't going to church as much as we have seen in the past. That's right. But what the Lord, the Lord is not, he's not moved by that. He said, well, listen, I have opportunities where the church can go outside the four walls. Mm -hmm. The church can go into the marketplace and we are an arm of the church without us saying that we are the church. Now on that, I've got just enough time in this segment. I, I want to get to this. You mentioned to me before we began the program uh, of, uh, I asked you the question, are you able to share, share the gospel openly yeah. with people? And you, you gave a great answer to that uh, about catching the wave. So yes. can you tell about that? Yeah. I like to tell people that we're spiritual surfers. Now I've never surfed before. I'm, I'm afraid to go that far out into the ocean. But I know a surfer would take his board, his or her board, and paddle out as far as they will go and wait for a wave. And then when that wave come, they'll ride it out. Right. We don't they don't create the wave. They just ride them. We don't create the wave of conversation. We let the employee create the wave. So if the employee wants to talk about, um, you know, current events, that's what we talk about. If They want to talk about the new grandchild that was born. That's what we talk about. We don't try to uh, change the conversation or proselytize, right? But if they ask something um, of a spiritual nature because of something they heard or something somebody said, my response would be, 
I can answer that, but the only way I can answer that is through a Christian worldview. Are you okay with me responding from a Christian worldview? If the employee creates the wave and says, yes, we'll take them all the way to the cross. We'll take them to the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. If they open up the door, we'll ride it. If they say, no, I'm, I don't know about that Christianity stuff. So, you know, you can just, um, just pray for me. I'll say, okay, I'll pray for you or, you know, or whenever you're ready to talk, um, you know, we're there for you. Or if they say, Hey, you know, I'm just more interested, you know, from a Jewish perspective, then I'll find one of my Jewish rabbi friends and connect them so that they can have a conversation. So that employee feels cared for within the faith discipline that makes them the most comfortable. And you have uh, really accomplished that thing of, of being a no judgment zone. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, wow, what a great, great viewpoint. Uh, gospel surfer, a good news surfer, <laughs> waiting for the wave. You don't create the wave. That's right. But when you see it, and there are plenty of times, are there not, that God will give, whether it's standing in line at Publix or in an office when you're talking to somebody yeah. by the water cooler, those waves sometimes come up when you least expect them. Absolutely. And you just have to be ready. You know, the, the scripture talks about having our conversation season ready to give any person an answer of the hope that lies within us. So we should be uh, instant or ready in season and out of season, ready to give a testimony of the goodness of God and to be able to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with any and everyone. And we just happen to have an opportunity to be able to do that in the marketplace so long as the employee opens up the way. Or if that company is led by a Christian leader, they may have us come in and do what we call a lunch and learn. That is a mm-hmm. devotional mm-hmm. or to do a, a biblical, uh, a Bible centric devotion before the sales meeting start and, um, and connect, you know, a Bible story to, uh, some of the, uh, ethics and some of the, um, uh, issues or, or, or things that's going on within the company and just bring a Bible story to set things off, um, you know, for the meeting. So we've done that as well. Wow. David outing is with corporate care partners. He is the chief encouragement officer. Give us that web address. If you will. Corporate Care Partners, partners is plural, corporatecarepartners.com, right? That's simple. Yeah, just corporatecarepartners.com. And if you want to reach out to me, um, we care, the number four and the letter U. We care for you at corporatecarepartners.com. Or you can go on our website and there is a page uh, for contact. You can put your information there and it'll also send me um, any inquiry that you may have regarding uh, uh, corporate care partners, but take a look at us. Uh, we're just one of a few companies that's out there doing it. You know, we don't we don't see ourselves in competition with our fellow brothers that are doing this, but um, we we're just one in the number that God is called to provide inspirational wellness and soul care in the marketplace. All right, we'll be back with David for one more segment. Don't go away. This <laughs> is afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Oh, I love it when he's here. David Outing is in the house. David is the Chief Encouragement Officer at Corporate Care Partners, uh, a guy that is just so much fun to sit and talk with. And as illustrated by today, we've had no notes. We don't need notes because the stuff that's going on in David's life, the stuff that he does on a day-to-day basis, it's what I love about my role is I get to Talk to people who are doing what David's doing. He's out in the workplace. He's representing the Lord. He's looking at life through the lens of a biblical worldview, of of a Christian worldview. And I think that's something that we need more of in this world today. We are seeing a nation right now that is really 
needing hope, needing fresh faith. And even people who thought they didn't need it, I think, are coming to the point where they need it. (laughs) What's going on in the world today, my friends? Well, the world needs Jesus, and that's what you're presenting. Praise God. Yeah, I appreciate that, my man. You're here in Florida, uh, and and you've done work, and I know you've got lots of friends that are up north, but Florida right now is like the receiving pot of people moving down from all the states up north. Mm. It's growing down here, isn't it? Absolutely. People are coming from California out west, from up north. They're coming down to Florida. And I think it's there. I think there's a few factors. I, I think one of the main factors is um, I call it the COVID uh, effect. And that was um, uh, so many people saw how the various states and governors were handling it. And here in the state of Florida, for the most part, business you know, the governor yeah. tried to keep the businesses open for the most part. Thank God. And for a small business person like me, you know, I'm grateful. Uh, and the kind of work that we do, I'm grateful that throughout the uh, pandemic that um, I live and work in a state like the state of Florida. And I think when people saw that, they said, okay, one, all right, the, you know, businesses and schools tried to stay open as, as much as possible. But then the other thing was, when people were having to work from home, businesses saw that folks were either as productive or more productive in many cases working from home than they were in the workplace. So all the bricks and mortar that they pay for to have people come to a particular place, realizing that one, we could save money uh, from various locations Two, uh, people can, can work remotely. And then the individuals saw that if they can work remotely, that means I can do the same work from say New York as I would be if I was in Florida. Right. But Florida has no state income tax. Right. Right. And Florida has other benefits. Even of course we already know about the weather. And so, um, and, and the Northern um, uh, salaries are typically higher and more than those in the South. So you got people that are literally moving here, working remotely for companies that are in other States but are able to take advantage of the higher wage, but live down here in the South, close to Disney world and close to the beaches. And so we've had an influx of people that moved into our state. And on one hand, it's good. On the other hand, it's not so good for the people who lived here, lives here because housing, the cost of living cost of housing has gone up uh, tremendously and it has hurt the native that's here because the wages hasn't kept up with the cost of living. You know, we're an example of that, David. We moved here in October of 2019, just before the pandemic. Mm. And our house, we bought a home, uh, love our home, grateful for it. It shot up in value like mm-hmm. crazy after, and we couldn't afford that same house today. Mm-hmm. That, and you're exactly right. So, yeah, there are downsides to this kind of growth. Yes. That is certainly a downside right there. But, you know, uh, the other downside would be is if those people from uh, blue states, especially if they bring liberal pro- kind of uh, progressive politics with yes. them and mindsets that, uh, you know, I, I think it's great for them to move down. Just leave your mindset. <laughs> yeah. Leave your north. politics with you, uh, where you come from. Yeah. Um, right. We, we like our, uh, our state right now and I'm grateful that it's free. And I'm so thankful that you guys are doing the ministry work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. When you see people come in, I'm sure you see both attrition as well as expansion happening in the companies for which you work and represent corporate care partners. What is that like to talk to somebody brand new who might've heard from a fellow employee that they have a chaplain that's part of this company? What's that like? It's, it's an amazing conversation because uh, most people like you uh, never heard of workplace chaplaincy. And so when people come in and realize that that's something that the company offers, it puts the company in a better light with them that says, Oh, my company cares that much for its people. And so those, those are the kind of conversations where we hear people say, I just can't believe that you are here. I can't believe that if I have a prayer request 
have a chaplain that's available. And cause we do uh, proactive um, weekly or either biweekly visits in the workplace, even when there is no crisis. So we just come, you know, peer, uh, regularly just to check in on people. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Hey Mike, what's going on, man? How's your family? Everything good, man. Anything that we could be praying about for you, that kind of thing. And they say, no, everything's good. Then we go to the next person. We just keep it moving. The goal is to have a touch point with everyone in that workplace. And then there's always a few people that are waiting for us and can't wait to talk to us about whatever's going on. With and them. I'm sure that that has an impact on even other employees too. When you get one employee that's really, really excited about it and anticipating your visit, yes. they, they talk about it in anticipation of your coming. Oh yes. It's at one of the companies that we serve. Um, my wife and I, we can't even take a day off or go on vacation and not hear about it from the employees. We didn't know we were looking for you. You was, you didn't come. And so now we have to actually let them know Uh when we're not going to be there. So they won't be expecting us because they look forward to that great pause from doing work to be able to have just um, conversations with us about things that are near and dear to them. And, um, and very, very few times is it about something spiritual. It's just usually about what's going on with them and their family members. And, and then we ask, well, can we pray for you? If they say yes, then, um, and you want us to pray now, we'll go into a private room or go for a walk and pray for them right then. If they say, no, I'm a little busy now, but if you can pray for me on your own time, it's whatever the employee wants. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Now I know that in addition to being involved in corporate care partners, you're also a big sports lover. Yes. You began a new ministry sometime back uh, that really deals with sports. Tell us about that. Well, it was a few years ago uh, when the lead pastor of our church, uh, which is Pastor David Jacques, we were at a pastor's meeting and he mentioned at the end Um, if we're going to make an impact on our community, we need a a, a football team. We need a sports ministry. Now, early on in the day, um, because my sons and I, my wife and my sons, we had been talking about, you know, starting um, a new football organization. I prayed that same Saturday morning um, that our pastor mentioned this. I say, Lord, if you want me to do this, you need to speak clearly to me um, because I don't need more work to do but I'm willing to do whatever work you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And when the pastor mentioned that along with what God has already just kind of been putting in my heart and my wife's heart and my son's a uh, few of my son's hearts, um, we just said, okay, Lord, this is something you want us to, to lead. So we put together a board. We put together a group of passionate people and um, central Florida lions, youth sports ministry incorporated was born. Wow. And so our flagship sports are football and cheerleading, but we're expanding. We expanded to basketball this year. We're looking at in the future, uh, baseball, lacrosse, swimming, other, we want to bring sports disciplines to the inner city that you typically don't see mm-hmm. in, the, in, in, in the inner city. You know, so the the football programs, it's it's like a, an intramural. Is that right? Would that be what it is, or like a like a travel team? Well, we're in a league. We're in the Florida Elite Football and Cheer League, and ah, it's about okay. fifty teams throughout the oh, state of Florida. So there's, there's like very similar to what a school would have. Now. Yes. So we do. Mm-hmm. We have to travel to Largo to yeah. Okeechobee. We got to travel to a number of places. Uh, this year for for our teams, for our games. And so we're in that league. This is the first time we've been in that league. The first couple of years we were in the AAU league and we changed to a different league. But our mission is still the same. Um, Our our mission is simply we're building champions for the kingdom. And we tell our kids that we want you to be champions on and off the field. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we tell them in front of their parents, you need to keep your rooms clean. You need to help with the chores around the house. You have to keep your grades up. You are student athletes. You're not athletes that are students. You're a student first. And so these are the things that we are bringing to our our student athletes and to our families to let them know, one, uh, we love the Lord. We're going we're gonna to lead with a set of ethics that are Christ-centered. We don't allow profanity. We don't allow, you know, any of those things from our coaches, from our players, from our parents. These are the things that we do at the Central Florida Lions. But uh, we're just trying to 
um, help these kids uh, mold them and, and, yeah. and shape them into young men and women that will be productive in our community. We've got about two minutes left, enough time for you to tell us that incredible baptism story. Well, last year, uh, a few of our kids went over to First Baptist across the street, which is one of our partners because our home field is the First Academy. Um, There was a camp, long story short, um, uh, the, the gospel was shared. A few of our kids accepted Christ. And the leader over there said, well, they belong to the Lions. We're going to take them over to the Lions and you guys disciple them. Well, we made a decision to um, bring the, what they call the little horse trough out there and uh, got with the parents. And um, we baptized about 10 kids uh, in at football practice in front of their peers. (laughs) And then one of our coaches would do a discipleship class for the first 10 minutes of practice to walk them through their faith journey. And so um, three of our five teams did go to the Super Bowl last year. And um, so we, we like to put a good product on the field. But at the same time, we want to we want to share share Jesus with them. And we're trying to change lives for both now and for eternity. So that. that's the big story last year. Wow. The amazing stuff from David outing. David, give us yeah, the website and the contact information, how people can either become involved with corporate care partners, or maybe they want to, they live on that side of town. They want to check out the lions. Absolutely. Well, our website for the lions is CF lions. That's central Florida lions, CF lions.org. Um, information is there, or you can go on our Facebook page and like us on uh, central Florida lions, youth sports ministry, Facebook page to find out more information about us. And as so, and as far as corporate care partners, you can go on our corporate care partners, Facebook page, or you can uh, find us at corporatecarepartners.com. The telephone number that you can reach us for both of those would be 321-209-3637. Again, that's 321-209-3637. Those are all the ways that you can get in touch with us. And, and if anything else, just the, the most you can do for us, brothers and sisters, is pray for us, pray for me. Pray that we would ever do and be what God has called us to in these uh, these crazy times that we live in. Are you still traveling occasionally to other churches and filling in pulpits? I do. I do. Um, as as often as those opportunities come, I always make myself available. Um, you know, a lot of pastors and leaders want somebody they can trust yeah, to come in and preach and teach. And so um, I'm, I'm always home at the Kingdom Church, TKC for short. Um, and I teach Bible study there, but, um, I'm also available for itinerant preaching and teaching as well. But, uh, I just love where I'm at in my life right now, man. I just love the space that I'm in. Well, we love you, David Outing, (laughs) and we're so grateful that you're a regular guest here and I can't wait till you come back again. I look forward to it, brother. All right. And that is, of course, David Outing, Chief Encouragement Officer, Corporate Care Partners. I sure appreciate you coming by today. And friends, we also thank you for joining us for another program. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 